Have you ever had something horrendous happen in your life, like maybe you lost your job, or you had a terrible breakup, or maybe you had just learned that you have some debilitating illness that is critical? And then, inevitably, some well-intentioned family member or close friend comes up and says, just think of all the people who have it worse than you. Am I the only one that finds that extremely annoying? Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. Today is Pay It Forward Friday, and Pay It Forward Friday is basically just me, and I'm sharing some thoughts that I've had over the week. Now, this last week, we talked to a couple guests who went through some very serious situations in their life, so go back and listen to those two episodes, but they both and many other guests that we've had have gone through some sort of kick in the gut moment. And each of them have come through that in their own way. And each one of those kick in the gut moments that you experience makes you more and more resilient. But here's the thing. Some people just don't have the experiences that others have. Therefore, some are more resilient than others. And when you get into certain situations, what I refer to as a significant emotional event, you know, how you react to that situation depends on your level of resilience, basically your past experiences. And while past experiences and past significant emotional events or kick in the gut moments are by far the best way to build up your resilience muscle and to become more and more resilient, resilience can be taught in a classroom or a virtual course environment. I know this because I'm a trained I have trained hundreds of soldiers and officers in the United States Army and civilians in a classroom environment. My certification training took over two weeks, and I took that training at Fort Jackson, but it was trained through a program through Penn State. And the course that I teach is done with a team environment. Several of us MRTs, Master Resiliency Trainers, train the course over a 10-day period. It's immersive. And we all do what we can to inject our own stories into the program to share examples of how being resilient makes a huge difference in how quickly we bounce back from our various deployments, day-to-day activities, and per- Just to give you a few examples of what has occurred in my life that has made me more and more resilient. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about what you can do, just a few strategies that I use that I've learned from the resilience training and over the course of my life to be more resilient and very So to start out, I will talk about family and friend suicides. I'm not going to get into all of them, but I've dealt with suicide in my life, actually even since before I was born, because my uncle Drew, who served in Vietnam in the 101st Airborne Division, he committed suicide shortly after his father, my grandfather, my mom's dad, 
committed suicide because of a hunting accident where he had gangrene in his leg and couldn't handle the pain anymore and took his own life. And then about that time, my uncle Drew had come back from Vietnam and did multiple missions because he would take missions from other people that had family members back home. And he had no immediate family members, meaning of wife and kids and, and that type of family. But he came back completely messed up. And then, of course, after his dad committed suicide, then he did shortly after as well. So I basically knew that story from very young. And then when I was in sixth grade, believe it or not, a young lady who was a close friend of mine, young girl, on Thanksgiving had hung herself from the clothesline. Everybody thought at first it was an accident, but then when they looked at it, they realized it was not. She left a note, and she committed suicide in sixth grade. And I've dealt with stuff like that throughout my life. Of course, throughout the military, I've walked in on uh, somebody who had put a gun in their mouth, and I've dealt with that and many other suicides throughout the course of my life from friends and family. But when I was stationed in Germany, a family, a mother, father, the father was in my unit, he was a nurse, and his three kids were out on one of these little paddle boat things out on a lake out in Germany. Beautiful summer day. And the little boy and the father, the oldest boy and the father went under the water. And then all the mother remembers is the hands of the father pushing the little boy up onto the boat and then the hands disappearing into the water. That happened on May 1st of 1999. I remember this distinctly because it took five days to find his body. They had a Navy SEAL dive team out there with sonar trying to locate him. He had a watch on that they that went off every morning at 5 o'clock in the morning. So they were diving, looking for the sound. Finally, they found the body on my birthday, the 5th of May, 1999. And the pain from loss from the unit and that family was just, it was felt for a long time. And I still feel it today just thinking about it. Because when, you know, you always hear people talking about how awesome that guy was. This guy was truly amazing and would do anything for anybody and had a beautiful family. So I'll share one more with you in reference to death because I know this is getting kind of depressing. But I just want to make a point of the level of resilience that I've had to endure throughout my life. On May 17, 2013, just a couple weeks after my birthday, I was on the phone with my nephew, my oldest nephew, and my brother's son, John Carmichael Jr., and he and I were talking about how excited he was about his new job, how well he's doing, and we were planning for him to come to visit us in Hawaii because he was doing so well. I just wanted to reward him and bring him out to Hawaii. And then uh, two days later, on the 19th, of May 2013, I get a call from my brother that says little Johnny had been hit by a car. And I'm not going to go through all the specifics, but bottom line is he stepped out in the, in the road in front of a car doing about 40 miles an hour. And he was basically killed on the spot, but he technically died in the hospital. And that was truly something difficult to deal with, not just for us, but also I can't imagine the lady who was driving by herself and hit my nephew, hit Johnny, and just the resilience that she had to have, and I don't know where she's at today, uh, physically or mentally for that matter, but I do pray for her on a regular, and just like my brother does as well, um, one of our biggest concerns at the time was actually to find out if she was okay, even though we were suggested not to have any contact with her whatsoever. 
and little Johnny was just 20 years old. Now, I could go on and on about all of the different events that have occurred in my life, everything that ranges from financial setbacks, events that occurred throughout my military career, and anything else in between, but one that literally just occurred 10 minutes ago you may have encountered at some point in your life. And I'm telling you, 10 years ago, before I started practicing resilience and an abundance mindset, I would have lost it. I would have thrown something. Something would have got broken, for sure. But I was recording this episode, and I was about six or seven minutes in, and all of a sudden, the program that I use froze up. I got that circle of that colorful circle of death, and it wouldn't go away. So I had to shut the whole thing down and basically hope that it's saved or start all over. And I sat there looking at it for about two or three minutes, took a breath, shut it down, brought it back up, and miraculously it was still there. But here's the thing, even if it was gone, I still would not have lost it. I'm very confident in that. I would have just started over. So here's what I did in the moment. And these are two strategies that I'm going to teach you right now. And before we get into that, I want to point out that the level of peace that I have in my life right now did not come overnight. It did not come from a two-week course. It did not come from a 10-day course. It came from many years of personal experience coupled with reading about other abundant leaders and resilience and many strategies. And one of the abundant leaders that I follow is Jesus Christ. Now, I don't read the Bible every day. I pick it up every once in a while throughout the year, but many of the books that I read reference biblical verses, whether they say so or not. Many of the stories that I read, many of the teachings that I get through the courses that I take, and the books that I read, many of those stories are mimicked from the Bible. And I personally find peace in many of those stories. So I can say that that is one strategy that I use. So here's two more simple strategies that you can use today or the next time that you find yourself in a situation where you need some resilience in your life. One, I do what I call hunt the good stuff. I always try to find something good that comes out of a situation. I don't let any situation go to waste. I find a point of learning in every situation, no matter if it's good or not so good. Yeah, you can call it a bad situation, but if you do put a label on it that is bad, then you're not going to learn something from it. It may be a good situation and a not-so-good situation. There's a little bonus for you right there. Words are extremely important, and the words that you use in the situation make a big difference in how you're going to react to that situation. So how do I hunt the good stuff in the situations that I mentioned already? Let's say for my nephew, for instance. I tell myself, and I truly believe because of my faith, that it was just his time. Now, the way that that occurred was not pleasant at all. There's nothing that I can take from that to say that that was a pleasant time. But his life on this earth was done, and he served his purpose for the people that he was with, including myself. I take a lot from his life, and I know that he's gone off into a better place. It's very difficult to have this conversation with yourself in the moment. And it's even harder, as I mentioned when I first started this episode, that when somebody else comes up to you and says, somebody else has it harder. That doesn't make things any better. So don't do that to other people. Let them have that conversation themselves. But it's hard to have that conversation in the moment. So you just have to sit back relax, and consider the situation. One thing that I do that I really enjoy doing, I'm actually doing right now, is I have slack key guitar playing in the background. You can't hear it because of the way my mic is set up, but I have slack key guitar playing in the background on Pandora. 
and I'll play it at the end of this so you can get an idea of what slack key guitar is if you don't know it. believe it is created actually by some Howley guys out in Hawaii many, many years ago. Well, that's the story I heard anyway. So, and for instance, in the situation that happened to me earlier with the recording of this, when that frustrating colorful circle popped up and wouldn't go away and I just knew everything was going to be lost. I just sat back, I took a breath, you know, your mom used to say when he was growing up, count to 10, it actually works. There's a reason for that. And there's science behind it, quite frankly, which I won't get into now. But I sat back, I looked at it, and like I said, if everything is gone, then I'm going to have to start over. I'm about seven minutes in, and the second round is going to be better than the first. This happened for a reason, and that's one of the things I tell myself time and time again. This happened for a reason. And rather I figure out what that reason is or not, is irrelevant. It just happened for a reason. It may be figured out later on in life. It may not. But I just tell myself that. And it does make me feel better. It makes me step into the situation with a better attitude, a better mindset, and just get it done. So here's the thing about hunting the good stuff. You don't have to wait until something happens. You don't have to wait till that significant emotional event occurs. You can hunt the good stuff every single day. One thing that I've been doing for many years is I wake up with an attitude of gratitude. And I think of things in my life, things, people, relationships, experiences that I am grateful for. First thing in the morning, I start my day out like this. And when you start your day out with an attitude of gratitude and hunting the good stuff throughout the day, finding good in everything that you do every day and looking for it, then more of that starts coming into your life. Again, science behind it. Not going to get into it. And even if there's science behind it or not, there's faith behind it. I have faith that things are going to work out. My life has been like this almost my entire life. And even my wife's like, you are the luckiest person ever. And I'm not lucky. I have faith and I just expect things to work out. So when you get into the habit of an attitude of gratitude every single morning and hunting the good stuff all day long, then more of that comes into your life. And here's the thing. The opposite is true too. How many people do you know or you yourself has ever said, why does this always happen to me? Something bad. Why does this always happen to me? The reason why is because you're looking for it. It's in the top of your mind. It's right there. When you're moving into a situation, you're thinking, I'm not going to get this job. I'm going to go to the interview, but I'm not going to win. I'm not going to get this job. Simple things like some people I was having a conversation with at a networking event a couple weeks ago, they were saying things like, I'm terrible at remembering names. I never remember people's names. That's true mostly because you're consistently telling yourself that you don't remember names. You have a hard time remembering names. Change your words. Remember I was saying earlier? Change your words. I am working harder to learn how to remember names. I'm working harder to have a better memory so that I can remember people's names when I meet them. That is much better to tell yourself than I am terrible at remembering names. You're always talking to yourself anyway. It's just most people. So start telling yourself things you want in your life instead of things you don't. Now, there are many other strategies I can share with you in reference to living a life of abundance and being more resilient. But I'm going to share one more with you and then close this up. And before I share this one with you, I want you to freeze. Don't move. Now, notice your body position. Rather, you're driving, sitting at your desk, whatever. Notice your body position. Is your head down, shoulders forward? Are you hunched forward? Or are you spread out and laying back? Are you making yourself kind of small? I also want you to consider your state of mind, your emotional state right now. How do you feel? Do you feel kind of relaxed or do you feel kind of deflated? 
Or do you feel defeated? Or do you feel excited, energized? How do you feel? What is your emotional state right now? And just be honest with yourself. I'm not there. I can't see you. If I, if I was there and I could see you, I could tell you what the emotional state you're in. In fact, there's nothing magical about that. I bet you can do the same thing. Look around the room. If there's other people in the room, if you're at an office or if you're at a coffee shop or wherever it is you're at, look around the room and check the body posture of people that are, in, that are sitting around you or standing around you. I bet you can basically tell what emotional state they're in based on how they're sitting. Or at least you can imagine the emotional state that they're in. And notice the ones that you kind of see as a leader of the group or a follower of the group. What posture are they in? How are they standing? Are they, are they hunched over? Are the shoulders down? Is the head down? Or are they standing up straight, chest out? Where are their hands at? All right, so now here's what I want you to do. Either sit up straight if you're in a car or if, you, if you're not in a car, stand up. And stand up straight, head up, chest out, shoulders back. Put your hands on your hips like Superman and take a deep breath. Let it out. Now, I'm not going to stand here with you like this for two minutes, but it's a proven scientific fact that if you stand like this for two minutes, men or women, it increases your testosterone and lowers your cortisol. Changing your physiology and your body posture changes your state of mind. It's one of the quickest ways to change your state of mind. So when you're in a situation where you need to be resilient, you know, your mom always told you, like I said earlier, to take a deep breath. It actually works. But even more powerful, stand up straight or sit up straight, hands on your hips if you can, and stay in that position for about two minutes. It greatly changes your state of mind and your emotional state for a good 15 to 20 minutes after changing your posture and changing your physiology. And after a while of standing like that, you will actually notice that you've got a smile on your face. Put the smile on your face. Physically feel yourself smile while you're paying attention to your posture. Head up, chest out, shoulders back, hands on your hips, stand up straight. Now pay attention and tell yourself how much better do you feel now than you did just a few minutes ago. Do you feel more excited? Do you feel more in charge, more confident, more energized? Absolutely you do. I'm telling you right now, I feel better just by sharing this with you, <laughs> which is another amazing thing to do is to share knowledge with other people. Seriously, that's your bonus strategy for today is sharing with other people. When I find something is going wrong in my life, then I go out and I share something with somebody else. It just makes me feel better. So be abundant in your actions today. Pay it forward and share this information, rather verbally or share this episode with other people on your social media, however it is that you want to share this information. But share this information with other people. It will make you feel even better than you do now. And if you want more of this, if you want more of these strategies on living a life of abundance and being resilient in everything that you do, then connect with me in our private Facebook group at menofabundance.com forward slash members or click on the members tab at the top of any one of the pages at menofabundance.com. We can continue this conversation there, but also I am almost done with the member site where I'm going to be sharing more strategies, a full course on, on living a life of abundance and learning to be more resilient so that you don't become a statistic of the many suicides that occur because people just are not resilient enough to handle the situations that they're in, in relationships, in business, finances, and all the other things that go along in our lives that we simply cannot prevent and you should not try to prevent. You simply need to learn to be more resilient in those situations. Now, 
Go out and live your life of abundance. And make sure to pay it forward.